Hi, I'm Austin Northam. Welcome to the Kitchen Table Podcast. I'm here to motivate, educate, and relate to you guys, sharing my stories, helping you get 1% better in all areas of your life. Welcome to episode number 101. We are back after our uh, two-month hiatus here. Holidays are over. It's a new year, 2024. I learned a lot in the last couple uh, months. Uh, This is season six, I believe. Uh, Moving forward, got some changes. Uh, We're going to start trying to put some more stuff on social media, doing a different film here. Um, session um, and going to continue to share uh, stories. Hopefully within the next year, we can kind of transition to uh, having my kind of personal episode be once a week um, and then having some guests share their stories um, in the other half of the week. Um, Still just don't have enough time to do that um, with the daily schedule. Um, trying to grow a couple other things like the business talked about it multiple times, but once we get that going a little bit more, uh, hopefully in the future, be able to bring, uh, some other points of view. Cause you guys are probably tired of hearing my voice and think that I don't have, uh, anything good to say anyways. Um, but if you, if you do stick around, appreciate that. Um, give me some feedback, uh, back on what you want to hear more or less of, uh, and how things have helped you, um, or not helped you in the past couple of years of doing this. Um, so we're going to try to keep it at about 1440 again, which is 1% of your day. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So we got a lot of catching up to do, uh, from the last couple months. Uh, first start with a quote, like always. Um, so something that I like looking through, uh, my writings here is that your future is shaped by your present decisions. So being a new year, um, I was pondering the other day, um, what can we do today to make our future be better? Right. Everybody always has these New Year's resolutions and stats show by January 31st that 90 percent of them are already broken or not able to be accomplished. So, yes, writing them down. If you saw the newsletter this month, writing them down and all that kind of stuff helps sharing them, um, putting them in a place where you see them all the time. This is great mental training as well. Um, and having them be realistic, setting smart goals, um, staying within the realms, focusing on one or two things at a time, not 12 to 15 things. Um, and having people who can help you be accountable can all be beneficial for you. Um, but in the end, you still have to make those decisions. Um, so something I thought about is, or actually I read it in a book, um, is to ponder, are we better with you? So that in the book, they're talking about a corporation and you're working for them. And they say, are we better with you or not? And then what do you bring to the table? That might be a popular interview question is what can you do for us? If you're working in an accounting firm, you, they know that you can type in the numbers and do accounting. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear what makes you better than everybody else. What do you bring to the table that other people might not have, right? So what is that? For me, it's it's the organization, it's the drive, it's the uh, willingness to uh, go the next step and put in the effort to get that much better. And so in your goals for your new year, what 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 do you need to improve about yourself in order to help fill in the blank, right? Is it your job? Is it your family? Um, Is it your athletics for you uh, people who are in sports? Is you want to be better at your instrument playing? What qualities do you need to enhance on yourself in order to be better for, again, fill in the blank? Um, Some things that I thought about pondering that question is like January can be very difficult, I feel like, because yeah, you have all these drive, but it's right after the new year and then you got to go back to work. And then by January 31st, there's, I mean, for me, football is not really on anymore. Uh, it's cold. 
it's snow outside and there's just not as much to look forward to compared to going into the holidays. So I thought, okay, in order to, for instance, I work out in my garage where it's going to be 10 degrees outside or in the garage. So instead of me thinking, all right, I have to do all this lifting for 12 weeks instead of doing the whole 12 week cycle at a time, how can I break it into smaller sessions into smaller weeks? So I'm going to do a five week block and then another seven week block or whatever it is until spring break. So one, cutting back and trusting your training. And then number two, put a time limit. Okay, I'm going to work out for an hour today and whatever I get done in the hour, that's what I'm going to be done with. So having small sessions, small 20 minute sessions in, in like a job. So doing this podcast, for instance, prep for a certain amount of time, let's say you spread into 60 minute increments, right? You work for 20 minutes, you take a two minute break, you work for another 20 minutes, you take a two minute break, then you work for another uh, 20 minutes, and then you take a five minute break and you do it again. And then you take a 50 minute break after doing two or three cycles of that. So each time you're broken in broken it into segments that you can get stuff done and you know that you need 20 minutes to do whatever you can and you take a little mental break and then you come back to it and it shows that productivity goes up uh, compared to before. Um, the other question is how do you get over that hump, right? The mental hump. Uh, so something I want to talk about um, that I had a discussion with somebody um, goes along with mental training is how should we use confidence? So is confidence, do we have confidence if we do the same thing over and over and over and our opponent knows it's coming or we know that we're going to use that technique? For instance, when I was in high school, uh, I used uh, middle school, really. I used to use the same move for wrestling every single time um, just because I thought I was stronger and I'd try to overpower them. And if it didn't work, then I really didn't have a lot to it. But if it did work, then I was likely going to pin the kid. So I had one major move and then a couple other secondary moves. But if it didn't work, then was I was I that conf confident in the rest of my skills or was I confident going into the match at all? Um, and that depended um, based on my age, kind of where I was at and who I was going against. But in general, take Cristiano Ronaldo, for instance. Everybody knows he's going to do a step over when he's attacking you, but he's still going to do it and he's still going to be successful and he's likely going to score the goal. So does he have confidence? And what if that move doesn't work? And then where do we go from there? So how do we get over that hump? Well, I think that if you do those small sessions and you focus on one or two things at a time with your New Year's resolutions, instead of doing six or seven, you'll gradually get better in one specific area at a time. And that will lead up to big results over time, right? So we want to be consistent. We want to have small steps to have the bigger outcome come to fruition. Fruition. That's a hard word to say. Um... Let me see here. Oh, versus switching things up. So Nick Saban on the Pat McAfee show every Thursday was during football season talked about how if you, if you change the game plan, it shows that you really don't trust in the guy's abilities and changing too much never really gives them confidence to have um, success in the routine or what they're good at because you're always changing stuff, thinking that you're not good enough to win. People, Some coaches say that if you, you got to go to plan B or you got to throw in trick plays, that you're not confident in your results to start with, um, and we we want to be we want to be honed in on who we are. We want to have a uh, an identity identity, so people know this is coming and this is what we're good at. Um, those teams, you can think of football teams who are notoriously known for being physical. Most of the teams in the AFC North, for example. 
So I think that if you can have an identity and then you can build off that identity, kind of think of like a concept web. So you got one big picture, then you get a pillar here, pillar here, and then you get little things going off of the pillar. That might be beneficial um, for you moving forward. And your goals in order to have short-term goals, medium-term goals, and long-term goals, 95% of which are process, and then 5% are that outcome um, or what that actual uh, finish line looks like. Um, so that was a lot of different stuff from that quote. Uh, but the the second thing we always talk about is where, um, where I saw God this past week, or in this case, past two months. Um, and for me, the biggest thing that I saw God the last two months is just being surrounded by loved ones, people who care, um, building relationships, and then also just creating ideas. I learned that this is weird, but I, I have the best ideas in the shower. I don't know why, or if I go on walks, I can sometimes ponder, depends if I'm after workout or before workout or what I got to do that day still. But I had a lot of good ideas um, for various things, podcast, uh, business, family, house, um, kind of visions, goals down the future. Um, so, I mean, I just, I love that I can put an idea onto paper, I can write it down. And then I can bring it back and not have to like overstress about it. But when I think about it and I can put in the action towards it, then it's able to um, show me the growth in like a, a physical sense, like a, a builder sees, okay, we got the concrete laid. Now we got the framing done, et cetera. You can see that. I feel like when I write it down um, and then I follow through and uh, one of my God-given abilities is to work hard in whatever I'm done doing, even if it's... Um, challenging or i'm tired of doing stuff i just want to relax um so that's why january will be a little bit of a grind um, and why you need to have those small sessions and get to the checkpoint uh, but just having that ability the mental capacity to have that um, has been a really good blessing for me and something that uh, i hope i can continue to do and it'll build something for my life um, whether that's in athletics speaking school um, mental training i don't know relationships in general um, but it hopefully it continues to grow that way. Uh, all right. So the last thing, <clears throat> sorry, I want to talk about today. Um, we got about five minutes here is that I've read a couple books, um, that my sister-in-law gave me, um, from Thanksgiving on to right now today, as this episode is coming out. Uh, but I'm not done with one of them. So that will be the next session, hopefully, or at least what I've learned so far from it. Uh, but I read a book about negotiation skills uh, and just kind of talking about people skills and relationships. And it was really interesting to me because the first thing we think about with relationships and communication, number that's the number one thing that we can all get better at is communication. And often, uh, and it's funny because uh, the person who gave me this book also had a bunch of writings when they talked about it. So it's funny that we both thought it was, uh, I assume, interesting. But uh, so oft, I wrote down here, often we put the person with the problem and not the problem and the person separate. So meaning uh, if somebody makes you mad at work or at school, you think that's who they are as a person. You don't think that, hey, this is the problem. This is what's happening. You just put them together like this person is the problem based on whatever they did or didn't do where we should be thinking. All right, here's an independent person. They have their own feelings, their own life, their own situations. And here's the problem that we are uh, encompassing. How do we solve that problem? Again, we want to solve problems, not symptoms. 
right? Ibuprofen doesn't solve your pain. Ibuprofen blocks the pain for a little bit and then it comes back. Okay, so we want to solve problems, not symptoms. Uh, second thing is we want to have, well, before that, conflict is essentially in your own brain. What you think is a conflict, other people might not think is a conflict. Okay, quarter term three results are in and viewership went up 3%. All right. Well, some people might say viewerships, that's not good. It's only up 3%. We wanted to be up 10%. Other people might say, well, that's better than 0%. And then we would argue on, okay, what's the problem? How do we get better? Do we need to cut people? Do we need to change jobs around, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So then what, what negotiation comes into play into that is one, can we separate the person who do, does have a life that their job is not just to be whatever, we're using accountant again for the example or a podcaster in my example here. They have their, their own feelings, emotions, responsibilities outside of their career, okay? So we want to separate the two. And we want to have a BATNA, which essentially, uh, without getting too much into the book, BATNA is basic, basically a negotiation of here's what I want, here's what I'm okay losing, and going back and forth um, to try to, basically it's conflict resolution and trying to uh, compromise. So how can we do that? Um, but we want to build around either the person as the brand or um, the company's morals as a brand. We don't want to build around the idea and we don't want to build around uh, what just generates revenue, right? Because we want to have a lasting effect, not a quick effect, and then we're done. So sometimes you might have to take less money up front to make more money in the future or start slower at the start in order to gain faster traction at the end. Um, but bottom line is if you're following morals, values, you have the right people um, and you're negotiating for uh, one, what is right and two, what is in the best interest. If you were in that situation, the book talks about a renter and the uh, rent is basically they were in a uh, housing uh, place where the maximum rent could only be, let's say, $1,000 and they were being charged 1050 for the whole year and they didn't learn this until three weeks before they were moving out. And the landlord, of course, is saying like they never, the landlord never came and said that to the uh, tenants. So the tenants, three days before they move out or whatever it is, are saying, "Hey, can we have our five hundred dollars back because that is un, it's unlawful." And again, nobody wants to go through the whole court process in this case. So they're asking if this is really a law. Can we have our money? And the tenants or the landlord's like, "Nah, we we set this price for everybody. It's fine. Nobody else is complaining." And basically, what what is right first of all, and then what what would be a good contract negotiation? Well, the the landlord wants the money recouped, right? Um, even if it's law or not, the landlord wants the money. Okay, so the so the guys are going to be out in three days or three weeks, whatever it was, um, and they want the tenant doesn't they want to stay to the last day because they want their money, but the landlord wants them out early so they can set up the lease quicker. So if it's three weeks, that's three weeks of income compared to. Uh, what they would have got so that's an extra month so right there's your thousand dollars back so in the end they end up negotiating and the landlord gives them their money back and the guys end up moving out early uh, to let the landlord get recoup that money um, you can disagree with without knowing the whole story based on was the tenant obviously lawfully correct versus the landlords uh, kind of being uh, maybe a little hostile towards the the people but you always got to remain calm and keep your emotions in check because you want to separate the person and 
the actual conflict, not put them in the one. The landlord is not a bad person because they uh, charge you extra rent necessarily. Um, you can you got to think of it as an individual based uh, conflict versus an individual based person. Uh, so I thought that was interesting um, to learn about. But anyways, you're going to learn more about trust and negotiation skills. Uh, there's tons of stuff within that. Um, that I'm trying to learn and based on marketing, put in the business, all this other good stuff, but you can use it for your own way. Um, so that's all I really have for this, uh, podcast next week. Um, since we're, we'll go back to the weekly stuff here, dropping on Tuesdays. And so next week I got a big, something really big that I learned, um, would have put it in the top or in the episode 100, just thought about it. And it's super, uh, important to me and something that I am trying to follow more and more. And I have slowly done it as I've aged and I'm getting more, more intelligent. Hopefully I was going to say more smart, which would not be more intelligent, but anyways, uh, and then we'll talk about the book that I'm reading right now, um, about building trust, um, and having excellence in that. Um, I think there's one more thing I also need to talk about next time that I've learned, uh, as we go forward. Uh, but on that note, We'll, uh, we'll end with this little quick fact, okay? So I'm looking at this thing on Netflix that I wrote down called 100 Questions. My wife and I were watching it the other day. And familiarness, familiarness leads to attraction. Something to, some to ponder on that for you based on the average person. Uh, for, again, marketing or your own good, look it up on Netflix. Uh, love you guys. Talk to you later.